Punkt. We're just going to start this podcast and try and be as positive as possible. My voice is going to be as high as this, um, and I'm just going to be very uh, enthusiastic, even though um, we lost against Newcastle on the weekend. They had how many shots? How many? I've got to speak like this for the remainder of the podcast. Are you okay with that? Yes, I am going to speak like this. Grand. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Um, we had four shots and they had 21. That was the stats they had shown, I think, after the 80th minute. But anyway, this is the United Way. <laughs> I'm Al Foran. I'm Damien Brother. Episode 18. Episode 18, <laughs> the skulls of the episode. Do you want to just talk about skulls for the episode? The skulls of the episode. So you know, he actually came in, before we deep dive into the shit show that was the Newcastle game, he... Um, <laughs> Scalzi normally gets a lot of shit about the stuff that he says while being a pundit, but he made some absolutely unbelievable observations about McTominay and Bruno. Gone absolutely... This is the Galatasaray game, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, really gone absolutely maverick up the pitch and leaving Kobe Moynihan to basically hold the fort down by, yeah. by himself, which I think is absolutely fair assessment about, or yeah, you want to bring the game to teams and you want to try and make things happen, but you need to be... Discipline. Discipline. They were essentially playing as two number tens, and there was no. <laughs> See, this is the problem. We've, we've, you know, we've brought Moynihan into the team, and it looks like he is a missing piece of that jigsaw puzzle, P- puzzle, <laughs> puzzle. Um, but then you have McTominay and Bruno, and McTominay, with his encouraging performances for Scotland, the fact that he's playing a little further up the pitch, he's going to do that for United now. You know, he's not going to sit back and play as a holding midfielder because it just wasn't working out for him. Mm. But you have two players now in a, in a similar position on the right and left side playing as number 10s in essentially two pockets and you're leaving so much space open that there's no fucking number eight. Enter Casemiro when he comes back from injury. Maybe play him in that position because he likes playing as a number eight and play Moinu behind him. Yeah, well, I think you know. <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with solutions, and <laughs> I, I think, I think you know, that shit. The Premier League should allow us to field multiple players in multiple positions. Dalot and Wambasaka at right back. <laughs> Amrabat and Moyneau as defen- as defensive midfielders. Forget about him, yeah. Um, Mount Bruno McTominay, <laughs> Sancho, everybody in there in in the number ten role. <laughs> no right winger. <laughs> No, well, I give Anthony a bit of credit. I thought he was good against Galatasaray last week. Yeah, I thought you cannot deny his work rate is far better than the likes of a uh, one Rash- Marcus Rashford. Well, we're going to have a, a there's a deep dive discussion to be had about Marcus Rashford at the moment. Yeah, so we're obviously going to mention the the clip of him sitting under the and bench, and there's plenty of clips. What a, what appears to him mouthing, what the fuck am we doing here? I don't think he met, I don't think he said that. Well, I don't know. Well, if I'm sitting on the bench and he sits down and, and says that to me, I tell him point blank. There you go. There's the door. There's, fuck off me. No bother. Um, I think his attitude absolutely stinks. Is he? You could say the epicenter of the rotten culture that's been at the club for the last decade. Or so I know he's been featured in the squad since 2016 but do you think he is one of the uh, not key components one of the detrimental components at the club that's got the likes of Ranić sacked Oli sacked Mourinho sacked now it looks like it'll be Ten Hag I know we're going extreme here but do you think I mean, Rashford is a well I mean potentially I mean there's huge player power there do you know I mean the club of and a lot of the fan base I mean they've clearly stated that I mean he's he is the poster boy has been for for quite a while PSG are obviously looking at him for quite a while every time his contract comes up they throw even bigger wages at him Mm. so do you know how ashamed I am I was calling him one of the best players in the world last December and he was there was 100% on that current form he was and now look what he's doing it's like it's like we've been scammed honestly it is playing for that better contract that 400k a week 
that not even the likes, I don't even think, you know, players like Bernardo Silva, Rodri, um, but you know what? Look, Grealish. Look, if you look at those players, right, you Trent just, aren't even on those you, wages. You just you just mentioned Grealish there, for example. Um, so you, you look at say De Bruyne, um, you know Rodri, Silva, any of those boys. Um, none of them. You don't see much of their personal lives outside of football. Mm. So they perform on the pitch and they're quite off the pitch, which is fine. We've had players like that before. Scalzi, prime example. Um, I think Haaland's an exception though. I got De Bruyne on four hundred thousand a week. Rodri two twenty. Grealish three hundred. Like here we are, Rashford on four hundred grand a week, and Rodri like two twenty. Is is above and beyond the best holding midfielder in the world? I actually think Rodri's the Nobody's best footballer in the world. Do you think? Yeah, well, I think what? he's unbelievable. It's not he a bad show. He is unbelievable. Um, Bellingham. Harry Kane <laughs> at yeah. the moment but you know what we're, we're, we're saying that but different it's current di- different, yeah but also different yeah. types of players I think in, in, on the last say 12 plus months so when Kane before Kane well you know what Kane, Kane has shown now at, at Bayern when he's in a solid team that yeah. are you know just shown just how good he is Bellingham, Bellingham 220 a week like, that's that's fucking madness. <laughs> fucking isn't it? hell. That's actually madness. It's mental. That's just. Um, but that infuriates me. Oh, big time. But you know what? The Harry Kane four hundred. Yeah, and it worth every fucking penny. It worth every penny. Right? It worth. But the thing is, right? So, like I was saying, the, a lot of these players are quiet off the pitch, right? Grealish doesn't mind going out partying. Great, like you know, mm. we, especially after the treble win, you, you saw him. I think he was drunk for about four days solid. Yeah, but the fucker performs. He performs. Yeah, and there's no on question on his basis. work ethic. Yeah, so he's allowed to do that shit. There's a reason why the fans don't get on their back because he puts the effort in the pitch. Although, yeah, he might not score an assist every other game, which well, at least he fucking does his job. The problem is there is a toxic culture at this football club. Oh, big time. That stems all the way back to fucking Ed Woodward who does not have a fucking clue about anything football wise he sees a good performance a good season performance from one of the players in the squad they're awarded a brand new contract and they're earning double what they were earning the season they oh, I don't even think it's down to performance see the issue the issue was we had non-footballing people in charge of footballing activities well, yeah right? so what that boils down to is Ed Woodward wasn't ever looking at players Phil Jones a prime example he was on 100k a week like the guy hadn't played football in four years because the club and Ed Woodward in particular were looking at these guys like commodities mm. so we can't let them go for free yeah. do you know what I mean so they throw money at them to get them to sign a new contract regardless yeah do you know what I mean let fuckers go for free but then their hands are tied because they can't let these fuckers go well, not nobody's gonna nobody's willing to pay the wages there's still some players there at the club where other clubs you know, they'd be looking for 50 million for some of these players and other clubs will laugh that off. No way, you're having a laugh. But even then, we can't even loan players out because we end up having to cover half their wages because their wages are so big. Like, you can guarantee, right? <laughs> if if the club were to make a decision to let certain players go, right, Sancho's going Sancho's gonna to go. He's oh, gonna, he, he has to be gone. Right. Get him out. And let, let's say Rashford is, is, in the, is in that same kind of vein, so to speak. Um, Varane maybe unless the Saudis come in or whatever but these players are going to go for free because nobody can pick up their wages right Rashford won't because he's just signed that new contract yeah but no one's going to buy him <laughs> I know because one he's not good enough like <laughs> this, this is the thing I saw this on, saw this on Twitter the other day Some, someone said waiting you all see when Marcus Rashford moves to a different club bags 40 goals like 40 goal contributions a season and you used to be all this that and it's just like who's he going to go to Name me a top club anywhere in the world where Rashford pushes one of their top talents out of the team. The opportunity but, was there uh, a year or two ago at PSG. That's gone. But even then, it's like, but the thing is, this whole people arguing, oh, he's playing out of position, yada, 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 because he's on the right. First of all, he's a professional footballer. His position is on the pitch. He's not being asked to play in goal. He's a winger being asked to play on the wing. Like, this whole argument, like, get in the being with your argument, that is a load of horseshoe. Yeah. He's not being asked to play right back. And then there's plenty... Like, when did John O'Shea ever complain about being played quote-unquote out of position? When did, Ronnie on, when did Ronnie Johnson complain in a Champions League quarter-final when he was pushed into the midfield? When did Amrabat complain when he was made his fucking debut at left-back? You never heard Wayne Rooney complaining either if he, when he played out on the left. No. Or, or anywhere across the midfield, despite him wanting 
to be a number 10 or a number 9 want them to be a striker mm. never once this whole fucking argument oh he's playing out position playing out position mm. he's a footballer I've never watched a player as well who makes it so obvious that he doesn't give a, that he doesn't a fuck. Give fuck with his body language him and Martial oh yeah because see it should be a case study like see that Martial throwing his hands in the air there against Newcastle I'm telling you all the subs could have been done I'd have tore the cunt off and I'd have went down to 10 men. Screaming at the manager. I'd have tore the fucker off. But, there and then. But we're, we're, we're back here again. It's, it's, we've reached the, well I don't know if it's 18 months, but we've reached the conclusion. We're near the conclusion of the cycle and the players aren't playing for the manager. Uh, I'd, I, I'd, like to think, I'd like to think this, the, the catalyst in all of this was the whole Sancho thing a few months ago. Um. There's also rumours that he fell out with Richard Arnold, Ten Hag did. He, uh, you know, see the, this, guy is, the guy is just, wor- he's, well, his, see, his hands are tied. See this falling out sort of shit. Fergie fell out with lots of people. Out the door. And they were they were out the door, right? Um, I have no issue with Ten Hag falling out with anybody. He's the, he's the head coach of the club. He is the top dog. No, but the problem is, these players would fall out with Fer- So what happened was, if if you want an example, look at Keane. When Keane fell out with Fergie in 2005, Van Nistelrooy got the hump after that. He was fucking yeah. so, so upset. And it was like... That Roy, uh, the way Roy Keane was pretty much fucking ushered out of the club. And Fergie said, oh, right, you have a problem too. Still. You can fuck off. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's how things were done. Yeah. And we were all, like at the time, we were perplexed by, oh, jeez, how could, how could he do... But... It was good for the team. It was good. Well, for, it was good for the morale of the well, team. Well, you know what? I'm going to say something now, which I think will not only be good for United, right, and good for the team. I think it'd be good for football if they start putting into contracts that um, those levels of of what different teams can have different levels of it, right? But what we see is um, discipline, mm. disciplinary action, right? The club should be able to just terminate a contract. Absolutely. The same way any other employer can terminate a contract. A manager can be sacked on a whim. Mm. But players can't. I, I you look at yeah. look at Green, look at Greenwood. Mm. Like the the cl- the club brought out this whole big fucking statement and all saying like, oh, we're going to part ways. All this other show Focus on loan. <laughs> they loan them it's on loan. Yeah, that. But that's just the inept fucking but, mismanagement. But, but you know what of, I mean? Like, of Richard Arnold this, and this how should, useless he fucking is. But this should be a case of where Fergie walked in, basically said, Roy Keane will never play football with this club again. And then Vinicius Roy got the hump and goes, you'll never play football for this club again either. Yeah. So when Sancho had all that stuff, Ten Hag should have been like, you have this period of time to get your cards in order, apologise and get back into the team. And if you don't, you're gone. And, and boy, gone, I mean, it's not as like, we'll wait for January to sell you. You're released. That's it. See you later. Fuck you. Don't care how much money you're on. Don't care how much money you're worth. He's a disgrace. He is actually, he... He infuriates me. I have never, ever in my lifetime witnessed a player with such a horrible, rotten attitude. 350 grand a week. Like, you're 20, you're 22 years old. I think he's 22. You've got so much potential, but you're having a little fucking hissy fit. I saw it. I saw and it. not wanting to apologise to your manager and not wanting to play football weekly. Not wanting to play because do you know what? It's, sometimes it can be good for their head. It can be good for their mental health if they want to fucking play regularly. But this fucking kid who's had issues at the likes of Dortmund had issues at City when he was in the academy. He was meant to be fucking. He walked into the academy at City and he thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. Apparently, apparently walked into the fourth team dressing room, unplugged the senior players' phone, and yeah. plugged his own in <laughs> with a slow tackle of fucker in the dressing room. Put them in them. And where's the fucking background checks for players like this? With the, like, you know, they have this fucking documented history of attitude issues at clubs. And I know and what that's we'll what Sancho. Yeah, and then you know, they're just like, hmm. I know what we'll do. We've we seem to have a toxic kind of environment here. Why not we'll do? We'll pour petrol on it. <laughs> yeah. Boy, sign them all these clowns. It's absolutely mental. Like where, like, where is the clarity on the fucking takeover? Like, what's happening? Well, I'm sick and tired of hearing this shit. Like, apparently it was going to be done by the international break in November. 
And then we're still waiting. And now we're hearing it's not going to be done in January. It's not going to be finalised. So what the fuck is going on? Richard Arnold's on the way out at the end of December. Like, where is the clarity there? We need we need these guys in. We need to just fucking... There needs to be a clear out. They need to clean things up. Like, we're just... It's like we're in fucking purgatory. We don't know what the fuck is going on. Oi, oi, Sorry, I'm just getting a bit fucking... That's absolutely fine, man. Because... We can be good cop, bad cop. Because I understand, I know the performances are so shit at the moment. But please, just give us some fucking clarity. What well, is, what's the... Well, not only them? shit, I thought we played very well against Everton. thought we played very well against Galatasaray despite the results and, and the errors. But against Newcastle, it was like a completely different team. Like, we were actually shit. I and, watched it in a and, restaurant and, and I had it on my... Do you know what? I, I was, like, I was actually really sick on, on Saturday. And yeah. I watched it on my phone in bed in the fetal position. And I should have just stayed. Oh, mate. I should have just so stayed scary. asleep and sick. Um, but, do you know what? Something's just had to click in me, in me, in me head there because we, like, we're alluding to the attitude of some of these players and, and the prima donna nature of some of them. Apparently, they couldn't fly to Newcastle because of bad weather. So, do you reckon... And they got the bus. So, do you reckon... It, they got the hump then because they got the bus and they're like, oh, fuck this. Absolutely. I'm not fucking doing this now. I might have been on a bus for three hours and they want me to go out there and run for yeah. 90 minutes. Yeah, I've, oh yeah, I've just, oh, had, yeah, a, I've just had a long four-hour flight from Istanbul as well. I only got back there the other day. I only day. got back the other day. Yeah. playing my Xbox on the plane for four hours. Oh, fucking terrible stuff. Probably, oh, yeah. Garnacho beat me at FIFA. I can't believe <laughs> it. I'm snapping. Like, fuck off. Um, swear to God. Someone needs to just but, do an insurance job and just burn the whole fucking club but, but down to the ground. As I said, we're at that point again. We're at the end of the cycle and the players have come out as the victors yet again. I, I reckon what they do, right, is they get all the actual contracts, put them inside Carrington and then in the middle of the night when there's nobody there, set a match to the whole fucking place. <laughs> burn the whole kid down to the ground. All the contracts gone. Oh, shit, lad, sorry. Yeah. Get your contract, don't exist anymore. Mm, sorry, bye. Say hello. Ow. Do, do you feel detached? This is the most numb I've ever been to the club, ever, as I am right now after that Newcastle performance. And like it's Christmas time, do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm fucking going to the Bournemouth game in, in a week. That's this week? On the 9th, with Chelsea you know, coming up and I'm going to Bournemouth now on the 9th. That's this week, oh yeah. I have a gig. I have a gig in London, so I'm missing it. And even now, like I hope my dad doesn't listen to this episode because it's a it's a surprise for him. We're bringing me and Matthew are bringing bringing my dad to the game. He's not been to Old Trafford in like forty years, um, and now I'm just like, you just don't know what to expect. Listen, because we could go out and give a stellar performance against yeah. Chelsea. We could go and slap Chelsea for now. Yeah, but you know what? And I was thinking about that. If we go and respond against Chelsea, we won't in, by the way. in an emphatic manner because they're playing well now. Yeah, they are. They're starting to play well now. But if we if we go and do that, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I have to take on a new attitude. Attitude where I'm gonna sit there with my arms folded. I'll be happy about the result, but I won't be like this is the turning point. No, because they're not be. fucking fooling me anymore. They're not. I'm I'm not going to be fooled anymore well, by one fucking decent. Do you know what we'll do, right? So we'll take this as a catalyst, right? So let's say they perform well against Chelsea and then perform shit against Bournemouth. What we'll do is we'll make this episode boy weekly, knowing that every second week we'll perform well. <laughs> yeah because they're a but shower of case. fuckers but Chelsea Bournemouth Bayern Liverpool West Ham the games away are Liverpool West Ham yeah they're they're the they're the away games yeah but <laughs> <don't know>. the, <laughs> the, the thing is now we're going to be um, one of them <laughs> Bayern Bayern are going to massacre us and so are Liverpool. The only catalyst of Liverpool is like, that's generally a fixture that, well, despite the the massacre that was uh, Ollie's last Liverpool fixture, um, sometimes form goes out the window in that in that game. Well, not so much in recent years because they've been so much better than us. But that's a game where we could be dog shit for months, and then all of a sudden turn it on in that game. But they could also be dog shit for months and turn it on in that game. Yeah, but I'm I'm not convinced with the injuries that we have. Even, even you need to stop even playing. that. Yeah. Let's be real. If we had a full strength squad, Liverpool are way, way, way better than we are. Way better. 
We we like Yeah, because because we, the dip in form with Rashford is a massive but massive what, But what I don't fucking get is drop the fucker. Drop him. Put Pelestrian. We were and I know we you know Drop the we fucker. Ta- we were talking about Onana as well. Obviously that Galatasaray game. Yeah, alright, fair enough. How Galatasaray good we game. were. Like no, but but we, we were playing without Rashford. He was not in the team. We had Anthony on the right and we had Garnacho on the left. And we were really good. Mm. We were fluid in attack. We were playing with more confidence, because playing you d- with more expression. Because you, you don't have Marcus Rashford standing up as um fullback one v one, doing a few stutters, doing an elastico. Getting the ball taken off him, half running back after it, and then stopping. Mm. Uh, or someone passed him the ball, and look look at the Ganacho goal against Everton. Right, how many touches did Rashford take? Uh, two. two yeah. Controls the ball and passes it straight to Delo. Yeah, if Rashford does the normal Rashford thing and dwindles on the ball the way he normally fucking does, he probably loses the fucking thing. Yeah, and that goal doesn't exist. So me Rashford needs to be dropped, like big one. Oh, absolutely, one hundred. Performance is one thing, right? Get that Ahmad kid; he'd be back soon enough as well. Start playing him. But performance is one thing, right? If your performance drops, you can you can try walk yourself back into form, which is fine. But as I said on on Twitter, um, form has absolutely nothing to do with effort. Yeah. You do not need to be in form to run. You do not need to be in form to fight. You do not need to be in form to tackle. Yeah. Those are all effort metrics. And there is no excuse for that at any level. I don't care if you're playing Sunday League with your mates or you're playing top flight Premier League football. Mm. The bare minimum on a football pitch for you and your teammates is effort. Yeah. The game lasts for 90 minutes. That That's all. all you, and you don't even have to run solid for 90 minutes. You get plenty of little rest periods. That's, that's how footballers cover so much ground. They do like, you know, um, people would be like, you know, X amount of kilometres covered over the games. Like, Jesus, he's had to run in half a marathon. Yeah. yeah, he's not fucking running it all the, all the time. He's not running flat out for 90 minutes. There's plenty of rest periods throughout, throughout the game. Marcus Rashford has a 90 minute rest period to fucker. Just drop the prick. Drop him. Straight out. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we talk about attitude, right? Look at the absolute... And, and like this, right? Someone on, on Twitter, there, oh, you don't know what his mental health is like. And I turn around and said, yeah, well, me or you have bad fucking days. We still have to go to work and I'm not on 350k a fucking week. I'm not on 350k a year. 400. A 400. I'm not, I'm not on 350. I'm not even on two fucking 50 a week, let alone 250 a year. I'm not even close to it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we talked about attitude and we talked about application, right? And talk about mental health, right? And I... I probably should have used the player that I'm going to mention now I used David Beckham as an example and you look at what Beckham went through in 98 mm-hmm. still went on and performed every fucking week yeah right Harry Maguire God, he got stick on this I th- I think, he got stick on this podcast I think he's a better example because he got stick off his own yeah, fans because Beckham never got stick off his own fans now. but Beckham never got stick off his own fans and Beckham didn't have to deal with social media yeah Right, I do think what Beckham dealt dealt with was probably worse in terms of oh, in terms 100%. of in terms of the physical abuse and how long it went on for. But Maguire was getting has been abused basically nonstop for like a year, mm. all over social media. We we gave him stick on on this podcast, rightly so. But we also praised him, right? And I'm gonna praise him right now, right? Because he was out of team, he was out of form, he was getting stick, and he was made a meme, and he was getting absolutely fucking scapegoated all over the place by our own fans by rival fans everything else and he kept his mouth shut he worked hard he was stripped as the captain got back into the side and against Newcastle he was by far our best player Mm. and only for a little bit of unluck being in the way we'd got an equaliser yeah right not once did Harry Maguire throw his hands up in the air, not track back, do all this sort of shit? Not, not once. Not one fucking no, he time. He didn't flap and flail like Rashford and Marshall. Or like Varane now. Not happy to, not, that he's not in the squad. Yada, yada. If Luke Shaw is being played at centre-back while Rafa Varane is on the bench, what does that fucking tell you? Mm. It tells you one or two things, right? Ten Hag doesn't trust the fucker to play Roy centre-back. Right? Yeah. Doesn't trust the fucker if we're under immense pressure. And then obviously his attitude problem. 
in terms of like being left on the bench and everything else like Dallow. that. That's an issue. That's a guy who needs to be dropped. I thought he was. I thought he was bad against Everton. Bad. Bad against Everton, but like playing him at left back when you've got Regal on there. Yeah, I know he brought a naturally left-sided, left-footed, left-back. And I know he brought Regulion on, but he should have just started Regulion. You start Regulion. What, if there's a left back there. The, the thing is available. What, start him. what I'd have done is right, I'd have I'd have started Reg, Regulion and had Shaw in the centre as he was, and then I'd have gauged how the game is going and how much pressure that back four is under. Um. And we were under a lot of pressure. I think Newcastle played extremely well. They played very, very well. Um, Eddie Howe had them drilled very tactically. They, they, they kept targeting the same half spaces in, in the pitch. Yeah. Um, particularly down that left left side. Not so much on Wan-Bissaka's side because he defends it a little better. But particularly on that, that left side. And that that's a quick adaptation from, from Howe because Howe doesn't know who's going to play left back until he sees it. Yeah. Um, very, very tactically attacked that space well and astute. Unbelievable. Mm. I'd have the change I'd have made then potentially would have been if if Reglion is not fit enough to do ninety minutes, you move Shaw to left back and then you put Varane in. Yeah. Mm. Or go five at the back, put Amrabat in the middle and drop Manio back in, in and put five at Jamie, the back. we've spoke about having five at the back and Honestly, but, but in it, game, it would work in games like new in, yeah. in games in St James's Park when you are under the cusp from literally the fucking mm. get go, right? Yeah. You may look at this game and be like, okay, the, our only chance of winning this is probably a set piece or a counter attack. Yeah, right. So after half time and still nil all at half time, and you go in, if you if you're nil all at the hour mark, that's when you go, okay, now we're in the end game here. We'll go five at the back, and we'll go pure, pure counter attack. Yeah, football. Stick Hoyland up front on his own. Yeah. And look, right, ping the ball at that cunt. Hopefully he's able to hold it up. And then if Rashford is still on the pitch, I, I'd have tore Rashford off at half-time, being perfectly honest. Yeah. And I'd, I'd have just said to Garnacho or um, Palestri or, or whoever else is, is on, that Martial wouldn't have been on either at half-time, I'd have tore the two of them off. Um, I'd have said to them, the, the second the ball is launched up at Hoyland, mm. you need to be Usain Bolton the fuck like I mean not running at him past him yeah and that would have been my whole tactic because we weren't going to outplay them mm. we weren't yeah I think as well we need to um, probably change the formation uh, a little bit we need to shift it it needs to be a 4-2 four, 4-2-3-1 two, four, two, uh, mm. two holding midfielders now Got back to that formation because um, four three three. We're just left. The spaces are just yeah, and and the teams that are tactically and and well, just you know, sometimes it doesn't come down to tactics. It comes down to the actual fucking effort. But Newcastle tears the shreds. Chelsea are starting to play well. They're going to tear the shreds. Liverpool will tear the shreds. If that was Man City against Newcastle, there they'd have mauled us. They'd have absolutely mauled us. If that was Bayern, the way you played against against Newcastle. They'd have mauled us, yeah. And that that would have been the, the undoing of Ten Hag because I wouldn't be surprised now. Um, and we've Liverpool coming up, coming up soon. We've Chelsea and them, and we've um, Bayern as well. If any of them are a hefty defeat, because we're going to lose all three of them, I cannot see us picking up a po- even a point from any of them three fixtures. I, I can't. I really can't, can't either. If if one or more of them is a thumping, I can see that being being the end for, for Ten Hag. I don't want it to be. I don't think he deserves it. But going by the past the history of the club... Are they down in tilts though? The, the players, absolutely. Mm. 100%. And not all of them. Not all of them. But the issue no, not is, all of them. it only takes some of them. Right? Because I don't think McTominay downs tilts ever. No, I don't think he does. I don't think Bruno downs tilts ever. Moyni was only in the squad. And you can see it there. He, he doesn't down tilts either. Mm. Right? I know I'm missing key players. Martinez doesn't strike me as a player that downs tills. I know he hasn't been in the squad long enough to, to show that. Mm. But uh, I don't think Shaw downs tills. I don't think Wan-Bissaka downs tills. But there's certain players that do. Do we name them or we just keep it? 
<laughs> leave it leave it up to the listeners. Well, well yeah, we can leave yeah. up to the listeners all you want. You point blank said earlier on in, in this exact episode, is Marcus Rashford the kind of architect of, of that whole thing? Well, and do you know what? Sometimes it fucking appears that he is. Yeah. And maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're not. We don't know. It was pure speculation and it's nothing more than, than an opinion. Well, look, um, there's, there, there was a, a massive in-depth discussion about Rashford and his attitude and his form on Sky Sports yesterday. And, you know, Roy Keane went in on him. Carragher went in on him. Now, you I, look I, at Neville, what Neville said, I, I asked you the question of, you know, are we, are we detached a little from this club? Neville said in his podcast that he dreads having to cover the games. He dreads having to... That speaks volumes, doesn't he? He dreads having to even watch them. We say even more so, he says, if I'm covering Man United, he said, I dread it. So I just, fuck, it's, so it's, he's tired. My only thing on, on that is, um, I, actually, I actually tweeted this, um, was that, I know it was after the, the Chelsea game, or maybe it was the City sports game, we talked about um, Rashford again. <sighs> Boy, I mean, I know we're criticising them now, but this is a United podcast and we are talking about the game in question. But I do think traditional media outlets like Sky criticise the player post-match of the match that he's actually played in. Mm. Marcus Rashford didn't play in a trial draw Sports and City. So why is he the top of the conversation afterwards? Because it's Manchester United. Yeah, but this is what I mean. Like that, like, if anything... That's that what just, I mean. Yeah, but this, this is the media. Yeah, this is what that. But I just, I just don't think that is that's right, and, and we know that that's never going to change. United are showtime, and they know for a fact if they mention United, they get clicks, they yeah. get, they get airtime. That and that's that. They they all do it. They all know it. But that's what that gobshite journalist said last week to uh, Ten Hag. Yeah. We enjoy it. He basically, like playing out, just blankly said to him, "We enjoy." you know, the chaos that unfolds at Man United, the oh, pressure. Yeah. We enjoy it from the outside. Point blank. Absolutely. Point blank said it to Ten Hag. So, well, do you know, do you know the, these are, there's well, just so you know many what the factors. Thing, the thing is, right, so, do you remember Fergie used to ban certain people from press conferences? Yeah. That would have been my response to that. I'm like, oh yeah, you enjoy it, do you? You enjoy it from a distance now, you cunt, you're not coming in here again. Yeah. Straight out, just start banning these fucks. I know they have media obligations because I'd go as far as saying, yeah, all right, we have media obligations. You can have one journalist from from each major outlet and that's it. And then if they still start piping up, you can have one journalist from each major outlet from each major continent. Yeah. So you can have one English journalist in the room, one French, one German, that, and that's it. And Let's go back to what Ralph Ranick said a few years ago. About the open heart surgery. And he was talking about getting rid of some a lot of players in that squad. And one of the certain players that, well, I think now it's probably his worst season ever. That was his second worst season of his career was Marcus Rashford. And I definitely think he was probably speaking about Rashford. Well, well, I, I, See, what, what baffles me so much is how he could have such a fantastic season the following year. Yeah, because he's wanting, and, and wanting now, a new contract. De Gea used to do the same thing. Did you see De Gea's tweet the other day? No. And that was not, I, I went, I double checked, that was not a parody account. No, fuck that guy. The, the freezing emoji straight after the result. Fuck that guy. He's like a bitter ex. <laughs> Get over it. There's a reason you're unemployed, mate. Not even Saudi Arabia will But there's a reason you're unemployed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You won't, only keeper in the history of the Premier League I would imagine that won the Golden Globe and now was unemployed. Yeah. Nobody will pick you up. David, how do you feel? I I don't know if you saw the stat the last time United won an away oh. <laughs> against the top eight. Solskjaer was manager. Two September, years ago. September 21. <laughs> says here that... Uh, was, was that Solskjaer. Spurs? I can't remember. It says uh, it is now 13 games without a win away to teams in the top eight. This was after the Newcastle match. It was, it was Spurs away in October 2021. Ronaldo had three. won 3 0. Ronaldo. It was Ronaldo, Rashford, and, and uh, Cavani goals. Ronaldo scored the volley. Ronaldo, Cavani, Rashford, yeah. So, and who's coach? Solskjaer. Solskjaer. Really? So out of the four names we've mentioned there, Rashford is the only player still at the club. Mm. Solskjaer, gone. Cavani, gone. Ronaldo, gone. Yeah. 
you know what? I also think there's a little bit of bad karma surrounding surrounding United, right? And how we treat certain players, right? So I think there's, I think although Onana's Premier League stats are different, right? I think there's bad karma around goalkeepers at United because of how we treated um, Sergio Romero, mm-hmm. right? I think there's bad karma on the right wing boy how we treated Dan James. Yeah. Bad karma in the midfield. Boy, how we treated Fred. Oh, Fred. Oh. Right? I really fucking miss Fred. Man. That game last season, what was that? That uh, This time last year, or I think it was now around October, we played Spurs at home and beat them 2 0. But Fred, and he scored Fred. Fred in particular in that game. Fred could turn it on. The, the commitment and effort that that man put in. Although, right. He didn't do it that often, though. No, I mean, the guy couldn't pass the COVID test, no, do you know what I mean? He, but, I mean, he couldn't put, but he put, he put when, in. When he, when he, he covered remi- the ground that those fucking lazy bastards this, this is, won't cover. But this is what I'm know? saying. There's, cer- there's certain players out there. Um, I think Xavi has a really good quote about it, saying like he, he, he was never the fastest player on the pitch. He knew he was never going to outrun people, so he needed to outsmart them. He, he became the smartest player on the pitch because he knew he wasn't going to be the fastest or the biggest or the strongest. Right, Fred knew he was never going to be the most technically gifted player on the pitch, so he walked harder than everybody else on the pitch. Yeah, he did. Right, and as much as much as I appreciate players as much like as that, as a big twin. There's a reason why Park Ji Sung is one of the most underrated players Just ever. About to mention him, yeah, ever, hundred percent. Right, yes, technically gifted footballer. Absolutely, you don't get to play at that level if you're not. But work ethic beyond imagination, like beyond comprehension. Like mm. ridiculous, um, and I think Fred Fred got a lot of stick from football fans and United fans as well. The whole um, McFred situation in yeah. in the midfield, um, and he's he's proven now how how fucking vitally he was as a as a footballer. So as as we carry on, right, do you so, want to read out some of them? I was just about to say we go through some of the tweets here. So I'm looking at at the very top one. Joseph Hughes says, "Do you still have faith in Eric Ten Hag to take this team to the Premier League? All faith has been lost. Uh, we're consistently showing a lack of game management, adaptivity, uh, complete lack of awareness when it comes to setting up his team to defend." Um, that doesn't seem to be the general like thought um, of the fan though. It's starting to become it now. I know it's well. Kind of they're blind. They're, they're, see, they're blinded by the fact that yeah, but the gotta, culture and the environment yeah. is so fucking rotten. It's very that they don't have like the CEO above him is on the way out. They don't know what's going on with yeah, regards to the takeover. It's very, so, oh, it's very reactionary to what's happening directly on on the pitch, right? So to to dissect this this tweet, right? I don't I don't think there's a lack of awareness when it comes to Sentinel's team to defend. For the majority of this season, we've been missing our entire back four, yeah. our starting back back four. Um, Luke Shaw's just came back into the fold now. He's played one game at left back and one game at centre back. Um, yeah. I think that's it. Two. Uh, the Galatasaray. Galatasaray game. So he's played yeah. played three games. Three games. Yeah. Three, game, three games back, and one of them at centre back. Um, midfield is. Not not only injuries and stuff. It's but all it's, over. It's, it's all over the place. There's, yeah. there's ma- massive holes, massive massive gaps there. Um, he's also running this club with not one arm tied, both arms tied behind his behind his back. Um, no assistance from from a. No, bear in mind, right? Um, the easiest thing to do when you think of transfers, right? I know they paid big money for Hoyland. They paid big money for for Anthony. They paid big money for for Mount. They paid big money for Onana. Yes, fair enough. Oh, Mount, yeah. But also, also remember the club bid one pound as a loan deal for Amrabat. Just let that sink in. A club the size of Manchester United physically submitted a one pound loan offer. That's, and it's even more ridiculous and funnier than the um, the Arsenal Suarez yeah tra- transfer. Was what it, was that? What was it like a cent? Uh, they they bid one cent over his boy out clause. Okay, yeah. So they bit, so they yeah. could speak to him. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's. But, that, a bit. but that's cheeky. What United done is just embarrassing. It's really embarrassing, right? Because they didn't do it to be cheeky. They done it because they're broke. Yeah. Right. Look at last, but but that but, and that's the thing that worries me so much. Last January, like our only viable option was to bring in Weghorst. 
And we're we're in in an even worse position but this think, January with no fucking we've no CEO. Who's going to be the fucking CEO? Right. <laughs> um, so then, then the roundup, Joseph tweet. Do I think? Do I do I still have faith in Eric Ten Hag will bring this team to the uh, to the Premier League title? No. Right. And that's not because it's Eric Ten Hag. You could you could put five elite managers in that dugout, and the way the team is run, it's nothing to do with the man in the dugout. It has nothing to do with Eric Ten Hag. United will never, ever, ever win a Premier League title as long as the club is being run the way it is by who it's by who it's run by, and that is the bottom line. Yeah. And the second fans start to admit that to themselves, we are never, ever, ever going to compete with with the cities, with Liverpool's. And and now with Arsenal, we're not on that level because our run, our club is not run the same as their clubs are. No, and that is the bottom line. And the second you all start to realise that, the better. Um, do you want to do Derek's our pa- our, pa- our, our pal? Our Derek is a few pals here. Um, Scold said that Bruno is almost doing too much. He's showing no positional discipline and is everywhere. I personally love it, but I wonder is he Donald ducked? by the 80th 80, minute as he definitely starts matches way l- livelier than he finishes them but maybe everyone does oh, Bruno's doing way too much yeah uh, we, we we had this conversation last week or a few weeks ago about Bruno when he's in the Portugal setup and what he has around him the likes of Bernardo Silva Paulinha playing behind him who does all the dirty work when playing for Fulham as well Bayern were looking at him this summer like he is a quality um, defensive midfielder Bruno has that kind of assistance when he's playing international football. Hence, why his output is a lot better for Portugal. Now, his output is still decent for United, but yes, he's doing far too much. He is doing far too much. And, uh, yeah, I, to, uh, I, like, I agree, right? So the easiest way to look at this, right? Look at previous, previous like... Take little snippets from previous captains, right? You can take, like, Cantona and the FA Cup against Liverpool... Catalyst when he was out suspended and then he came back and yeah. had that run went on to win the league Keane against Juve yada yada what did Keane do for that entire Juve game before those two goals well, first of all like, one of them's a fucking set piece right? so he's allowed to be in the box for a set piece but was fucking disciplined covered every blade yeah. of grass and discipline but it's yeah. discipline yeah yeah um, and sometimes do you know what I think it is a, a little bit with Bruno and I'll give him a little teeny tiny bit of benefit of doubt. I don't think he trusts some of his other teammates yeah. the way he does at Portugal I can lend Bernardo Silva the ball because I know he's fucking capable yeah. of making something happen Bruno probably looks at Rashford or looks at Anthony right? and maybe looks at Garnaccio and thinks hey, he's a bit inexperienced I don't, I don't know what I'm going to get from him mm. I give it to Rashford not sure what I'm going to get from him and if he loses it I'm the one that has to run 60 metres to get the puck well, on Garnacho, thing back. He, he, you know, he got the assist for Garnacho's first goal against Galatasaray. And we were all genuinely surprised that he scored that with his weak foot. Mm. I think he'll probably have a bit more trust in Garnacho yeah. than he would but Rashford. I, I think the reason Bruno seems to be doing too much is because there's a lack of... I don't want to say other players on his on his level, but there's a lack of other players on his creative level to yeah. make to make things happen. And he's probably a little bit reluctant to give certain people the ball. Yeah. Because he's the fucker that runs he's the fucker that's sprinting back to get it. So it, like, Honestly, I feel so sorry for If the you guy. have to run sixty meters to track some winger because Rashford isn't run, isn't if, if Rashford loses the ball and doesn't track his and man you're doing and you're the fucker that has to do yeah. it for him, are you gonna pass the ball to Rashford? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. But, I but do uh, think, though, uh, when this, you, you mentioned changing formation and playing two holding midfielders, if we done that, that allows Bruno the freedom to do the way he does at Portugal. It does, yeah. And that I think that need that needs to happen. See, the problem the problem with with the formation on Saturday was that there was only one player in that position, and as we mentioned earlier on in this episode, McTominay and Bruno were essentially both playing as number tens. So I, I, you're, you're a lot more safer, obviously, with, with two sixes. I, I agree, no. right? So that Newcastle game as a whole, I think Amrabat and, and Moineau should have played as, t- as two whole and yeah. should have been yeah. Bruno ahead of them, right? And then the way Maguire ended up going, Ali McCoy said a ridiculous thing. Was, I actually tweeted and goes, you know, there's a sense of desperation from United. Yeah, no shit, mate. It's 90 plus 8 and I'm 1-0 down. Of course he puts Maguire yeah. up top, you fucking... Surprising from him, because he's actually... He's one of the few that I generally I really has a generally has a couple of brain cells. I, I really like Ali. Yeah, like fucking that was a pure Michael Allen commentary moment. Mm. If it finishes now, Newcastle <laughs> will win. No shit, Sherlock. Uh, Fuck Andy, me. Andy McCarroll, 
when he, is, is Onan is secretly a vampire I saw this one. it would explain his fear of crosses at one point Rashford actually turned and stepped out of the way of an advancing Miley what do you put his lack of effort down to and would you sell him on so this is for Rashford and Onana uh, Onana is just a completely he, he's I don't know what Onana is <laughs> I don't know what he is in the Champions League he's decent in the league yeah, he's a bit well, of a wild card well, in the Champions League. Well, I don't know. Like, I think I see him. He's weird, man, in the Champions League. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so weird absolutely. how bad absolutely. he is. Um, and then in the league, he's, I think, he's all right. I think only us and Celtic, us and Celtic have conceded the most Champions League goals in the group stage ever, I think. I think that's the thing. I think we're joint. We've scored the most, though, haven't we? We've scored, <laughs> in, in four, we've scored 12 goals in four games and have one, po- one point. Fuck? We've scored 12 goals no, in four games. three points. We've three. Three. We beat Copenhagen. <laughs> like, mad, mad. We, we've scored 12 goals on our bottom of the group. But, the Rashford question. Um, oh. But the goal on the Anana one, I think Anana does claim some crosses, but as a whole, we don't face that many. Like, if you look at the no. Newcastle game, how many balls are just lumped into the into the box? They don't because Maguire's quite good in the air and Anana does quite claim crosses. Well, we, but, we were being caught out in the overlap. This you, is your what man Livramento was... This is what I said. He played absolutely... Absolutely brilliant. I thought Gordon played absolutely brilliant as well. But as as I said, they were attacking that half space so well, and then they they do what City do so so brilliantly well. Where there's an overload in that half space, one of them overlaps. If the overlap player doesn't get the ball, the player on the ball holds onto it. They generally look for a cutback. Yeah. Um. And and that that was that was our that was our that was our undone. Um, one last one from Gav. Uh, in a world with no Glazers, no death in the club. In the entire first team squad, who genuinely would stroke should still be here? Do we build up some players beyond their actual ability? Uh, I think as a whole, the fan base definitely do. So if you go on the 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 general start eleven, so let, let's say take injuries out of the equation as well, right? So our actual start eleven, um, Onana, I do think, in terms of a modern goalkeeper, I, th- I think he would still be there. Yeah. Uh, right back, Wambasaka or Dalo? No, neither of them. Mm. Um, if like if. If we were in a Man City model, a Real Madrid model, where you can go Frimpong out, Pong, we've been looking at. So where you can yeah. go out and, bu- and just buy somebody with no no limitations, uh, Wan Bissaka or Delo, no. Um, so who's our starting centre backs? Varane, no. Martinez, yes. Shaw, yes. Moynew, yes. I think Mag- keep Maguire, but don't. I think Casemiro. I, I think Maguire, yes, but not as a starting. No, no, keep, keep him as, as a squad player. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Moyneu, yes. Casemiro, currently no. Uh, I think his age. Lindelof. Lindelof, no. Lindelof, no. No, yes. Um, and then even going the other left backs, Reglion, I know he's on loan, but no. Malassia, no. Um, Casemiro, no. McTominay. As much as I love Scotty and he's an academy player, no. Um, Amrabat. I'd keep McTominay. Oh, and it's not a bias because I've met him. I personally would. I, I'd keep him definitely for, for squad purposes. 100% I would. I'd keep McTominay. I don't, I, I don't know. I think if, you're, if, you, if, if money was no option, debt no option, proper owners in there that I'm going to mm. invest long term, I don't... I, I don't think this is a question I wanted to ask you as well and it's on the same subject here you know there's a lot of talk of when this Ineos takeover happens Mm. and when they come in and Ratcliffe is apparently you know he's no bullshit he's not taking any shit do you think certain players dread that do you think Marcus Rashford is like because I think in the current environment Marcus Rashford is in he's very safe He's got a nice little bubble around him. Untouchable. The club. Untouchable. Untouchable. And and has a lot of sway. Oh, yeah. A lot of power. A- along with certain players, because I think Rashford is a massive supporter of Jaden Sancho. And, you know, I don't know, like we... Don't put it as a conspiracy theory, but I am seeing a pattern where Rashford is definitely on the side of Sancho and he's underperforming for this manager because... You yeah, because he's, he's, he's upset his mate. Yeah, he's left his pal out. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's left his pal out. But and I think as well, a lot of these players should be like forget about Marshall. Marshall needs to go. He needs to go. That's that's eight years of fucking underperforming. What's he got in eight years? Two good seasons. Two good seasons. In eight years, yeah, good, not good enough. 
underperforming. Not good enough for someone on form. Bad investment. Uh, 250 grand a week he's on, by the way, Martial. These players, I I hope they re- I hope they're in fear of their place when this Ineos take over. And they should be. The th- and they the should be because is, at a club like Manchester United, right, regardless of, of an Ineos takeover, regardless of who's there, right, you should always, yeah, always be in fear of your place. So I think Beckham had, had, had said that in a thing um in one of the interviews post sort sort of uh, documentary. Yeah. And uh they were kind of alluding to what life was like playing for Manchester United back then. He says, you lived week to week. Yeah. You, li- you live week to week. You have a bad performance, you're out of the team. You have another bad performance, you could be out of the club. Yeah. That fear factor is completely gone. There's Think back Think back to the 90s, right? You think of Roy Keane. Yeah. Wasn't even untouchable. Vanessa Roy, the, the, the goals that that guy scored. Beckham. Mm. Like the biggest commercial property in the world. Do you think if David Beckham was in in this current United setup now of the commerciality of the club, where every single social media post is an ad, whether we win, lose, or draw, every single photo posted of a fucking player has a link to the home jersey, linked to the fucking Instagram post? Do you think for a single second that David Beckham would have been sold now the way he was back then? No. Absolutely fucking not, because he was worth too much money. From a commercial standpoint to the club, and that is one of the biggest issues as well. But that's it's all down to really? the management. Big time. Even Chris says it here on um, Chris Cono Four says, "Do you think we should move Rashford on, or is it being reactionary because the team as a whole are playing badly?" I think yeah, we, we basically said it black and white. Rashford needs to, need. I I personally think he needs to go. The thing is though. And I have said this on occasions where Rashford was out of form, and I've said, "Do you know? Do you know where Ra- maybe maybe he should? Yeah, maybe it's best that he does move on." If Rashford- then he goes and he proves me wrong, uh, but <laughs> I, 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 is this the end of the line for him? Prove because- me, prove me wrong in Italy. Go to Juve, Roma, one of the Milan's. Go to Napoli. He won't get four hundred k there. No, but the, the the league is slower. He gets more yeah. time on the ball. There's less pressure. There's no English media on him. There's no United pressure on him. He can bring us, whether it's him being toxic or whether it's the toxicity of the toxic toxicity toxicity of <laughs> of the club that seems to be leaking into his personality. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's not him, and it's the club as a whole, and it kind of seeps in into him. Um, maybe we should uh, maybe, as well. I know we we're going in on these players and. It is a pattern with regards to them having the power at the club and getting, you know, these past managers sacked. But also, I mean, the toxic environment that's above these players. This is what I mean. Just a pot. I mean, somebody was fucking food poisoned last week in one of the suites. Raw served, served raw fucking chicken. It's fucking raw. It's fucking raw. The fucking chefs are amateurs. <laughs> the fucking border amateurs. Well, do you know what? Like Richard Arnold is a fucking rugby fan. Look at the fucking shape of him. He's like a rugby player. Ed Woodward's a fucking banker. They are fucked. The Glazers don't have a fucking clue what's going on. They're sitting in their fucking mansions in Tampa and don't give a fuck. And welcome back, Al. <laughs> For chicken, raw chicken. But do you know what, Roy? Um, now Dave's told us to wind this up. Now and we still have to um, give Sorry, our Dave. we we still have to give our player of the week. Um, Is it wingers? Uh, were, were, were we going to go traditional four four two formation on it? Yeah. Oh yeah, we agreed right, on that. Right. So right week. wing Beckham. Uh, don't fight me on it. I'll die on that hill. See you later. The game over. <laughs> Good night. Bex, easy. If you're going four four two, it's Bex. If you go for for three trades, not backs. So take your pick, boy. The, the wingers are tough. No, no, no. They're really not. If you're going four four two, it's Beckerman gigs. What about George Best? Beyond before my time, I know. I, can I, watch, know, I know. I know. I, can I, know, wa- I know. I can watch clips and all. I, I grew up watching Beckham. Or say, I, I grew up watching Beckham too. Do I think George Best is a better winger, a better footballer, and as a whole than David Beckham? Absolutely. Where it was shadow of a doubt. But I didn't watch Best Play. I didn't grow up watching him. But the fact that he is considered in the pantheon of greats, the likes of Maradona, won a Ballon d'Or, Pele, you know, hard to argue. Never, never watched him. 
You could, you could and pick. you have Ryan Giggs as well. You've both agreed left. on every player so far. You can have a different winger. Yeah, we can have a different. Yeah. I have no, we two can't. pages. I've won for <laughs> no, we I've won for Al and one for Damien. We can't. The wingers David Beckham. I see you put Bex down there already. David Beckham. David Beckham. Do you know what we can? Do you know what actually? I'll allow it to agree. And do you know why? Because Best and Beckham, right? Both, I, I'm both, gonna, I'm, both I'm, sexy bastards. I, I'm right going to go with Ronaldo on the right and what? Best on the left. What? Yeah. Fuck off. Alexander Foran. I love David Beckham. I Ronaldo on the right. Yeah. In what fucking Cause vein? Because they're, they're the two Ballon d'Or. No, nah, fuck that. You're mental. And I've already, I'm already thinking of my strikers as well. Name me half a season where Ronaldo was actually like world class from the right wing. Because he won the Ballon d'Or from the left and advanced. Uh, he played yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the bin. Got, he scored, Get that uh, uh, out here. Listen, he scored a couple. He, uh, he played on the right for most of that Oak 7 08 season. He shifted to the left last half an hour of the game. That, that 08 season, he was just on a free free for all. He done what he wanted. The team was do built. Remember, do you not remember that goal he scored against Everton at home with his weak foot? And he cut in from the right. And yeah, scored but, it from about but think of how think of how think there. of how many games where he picks the ball up and the pockets under, in the middle. By the way, that's an underrated Ronaldo. Have a look at that Ronaldo goal. I just think, and he did me fucking head in last year. He like Ronaldo's upset me so many times. He upset me at the start of his career when he was petulant and a br- and a little brat, and I knew there was potential there. And obviously, his petulance last year upset me. But he, he's part of, you know. That 07 08 team, Ballon d'Or winner. Without him, without him, we would have been fucked. We wouldn't have won. I, I think, well, we'll talk about strikers on the Be- Beckham, Beckham, that's a huge. Right. Like, you're, ta- you're telling me, right? If you're building an all time 11, you don't stick Ronaldo as one of your front two and you don't stick Beckham on the right. I, and that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair enough point. That is Could a you fair imagine Prime David Beckham putting that ball on Prime Ronaldo's mush? That's. Oh, from you know, because my team is absolutely mauling your team with Beckham on the right and Ronaldo up front, getting smashed around. <laughs> um, it's good that we can have a disagreement though, and not fucking agree on everything. Yeah, well, I can't believe my brother-in-law. By the way, shout out to my brother-in-law Phil. He's a big United fan, and he did suggest that you and Damien should have more debates. There's a debate. I can't believe putting Ronaldo on the right over Beckham. I can't believe it. Beckham's better looking as well, and has better hair, and had better boots. <laughs> you didn't factor that in Al did you no I didn't and married a sports have girl. we done the midfield to set the two no 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 we just went wingers we went wingers we'll okay. do the two midfielders next oh, get the wingers get the midfielders out of the way right now no no don't oh. don't don't don't. because I mean it is that easy let's isn't it? drag it out it's that easy <laughs> let's drag it out let's drag it out no I know the, the midfielders are simple Um, do you think that's about oh, will we go to the rest of the team who is actually in or out before we round it up Dave's like nodding his head it's an easy one each one. So we, we stopped that McTominay. McTominay, I said no, you said yes. Um, Martial and Rashford gone. Martial and um, Rashford gone. Ahmad stays. Hoyland stays. Anthony. Garnacho stays. Anthony gone. Palestri stays. No. Really? Well, I think so. He's, we haven't seen kid, enough of him to say why. We've seen a lot of effort. Yeah. We haven't he, seen enough of him to say why. frustrated me the Galatasaray game though. I swear he, the, the decision made... But did the same play for Uruguay then during the international break? He was fucking know, unbelievable. Yeah. I'm, I really want to see what Ahmad can fucking. I agree. What what he can. Um, I agree. Provide um, playing on that on that right wing. What he can bring to this team because uh, what I saw at Sunderland last season was very promising, very promising. Yeah. So to answer that tweet as a whole. And on that note, we haven't even spoken about the fucking half the squad. Then done the number. This is episode eighteen, and we haven't even mentioned. It's been mentioned, Scalzi. So next week is episode 19, the Dwight York episode. Yeah. So, um, it is. The, yeah. 90, who else? Yeah, you, there's no other. There's no other. Uh, Rashford. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rashford. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yorkie episode next week. So we'll, we'll wrap it up here before Dave hikes across this table and absolutely roundhouses the table. <laughs> um, that has been the Paul Scholes episode of the United Way podcast, episode 8. Uh, apologies for all the rant and ravings about how yeah. absolutely shit the club is and how absolutely atrocious that Newcastle performance was hopefully we pick it up next week because uh, judging by the patterns of this club 
we're due a decent one so we will see you next week Al anything to finish on just an announcement here from Mark Kleinman <laughs> oh go on revealed Sir Jim Ratcliffe's purchase of a 25% stake in Manchester United will be announced early next week barring further delays with the $33 a share tender offer to public investors coming more than a year after the Glazers said they would court bidders and on that note we'll see you next week ciao what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, Al. <laughs>